Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, April 4th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris and Whitney McDonald. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending April 1st, 2022. Last week, Tesla added about $84 billion to its market cap following the announcement of its plans for a stock split. After the announcement last Monday, Tesla's shares were trading up 8% to 1,091.84 at market close, the highest level since January 12th. As of this morning, Tesla's shares continue to climb and were up 4.4% from market open at to $1,133 at 11.30 a.m. On the vehicle sales front, the March SAR is expected to dip to 13 million units, down from 14.2 million units in February and 15.2 million units in March. Average transaction prices inched down slightly to $43,700 from February, but remained 17% higher than last year's figures. Incentive spend is also expected to continue falling and hit a record low at $1,005 for the month, down 70% year over year as new inventory remains crunched. Last week, I attended the Information Management Network and Equipment Leasing and Finance Association's Investor Conference on Equipment Finance here in New York City, a market with striking similarities to auto finance, especially as it relates to capital funding strategies in the secondary market. At the conference, economists noted financiers need to keep a close eye on stagflation as the war in Ukraine and lasting effects of the pandemic impact the cost of goods and services and continue to disrupt supply chain. In response to inflation, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by a quarter percentage point in mid-March and has signaled six more hikes this year. Inflation, which was originally estimated to fade, is more sustained than what was originally anticipated by the Fed. Robert Westcott, an economist, president, and founder of Keybridge Research said interest rates will likely need to rise to 6 or 8% to combat inflation. Shifting gears here to our power sports coverage, Amanda talked to Octane last week about the latest expansion of their financing product suite. Amanda, what's going on there? Sure. Um, so Octane, uh, basically they expanded a partnership that's been in place um, for a couple of years now, about three years, um, with Club Car. So they manufacture uh, golf carts, uh, UTVs, utility vehicles, things like that. So they have provided non-prime financing through their um, in-house full-spectrum lender, Roadrunner Financial, um, since about 2019. But now they just launched, um, a few days ago really, the option to provide prime financing to those consumers. Um, so basically they're expanding their um, you know, consumer base through Club Car. So they were doing non-prime now, it's up through Prime, so more full spectrum. Uh, and that just comes on the heels of you know, multiple efforts by Octane to expand their portfolio um, and provide full spectrum financing across the power sports markets. Um, they do offer golf cart financing through EasyGo already. So again, this is not something new for them, but it is an expansion. Um, and just to show some of their other recent um, efforts, they did launch tractor financing recently. That came after they launched trailer financing. Um, in December of last year, they announced their multi-year multi partnership with power sports manufacturer Polaris, 
Um, so they've been doing quite a bit just to grow their scope um, across the power sports market. Um, and this was just the latest effort to do that and to tap into the prime market with golf carts, um, especially, you know, because that's a big market for those as well. Um, you know, that golf carts typically attract a lot of prime consumers. So it was important for them to be able to obviously expand into that market, especially right now with interest rates increasing uh, to be able to offer, you know, promotional interest rate deals, 0%, things like that. They had to have that prime um, offering in order to do those things. So it was a good timing wise for them. And um, it just made sense for them to expand that partnership with Club Cars since they already have it in place for a number of years. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with Octane. All right, and, and Whitney, you covered BRP's unseasonable earnings um, that came sort of off off quarter, um, I guess, for the normal industry. So what, what were the takeaways there? Yeah, for the fourth quarter, BRP had a unique strategy. Um, as we know, the ongoing chip shortage and supply chain issues have been tough on manufacturers. So BRP during the winter months allocated the parts that they were getting to their snowmobile production in order to keep up with winter to winter demand. Um, so the strategy worked on the snowmobile side. Um, revenue in the manufacturer's seasonal segment increased 56% year over year to $1.1 billion. Um, and although all of they kind of put all their eggs in one basket, but it kind of worked out for Q4. Um, but for the other segments of their uh, for, of their manufacturing, they didn't they didn't um, have any increase in retail for their three-wheeled vehicles, their all-terrain vehicles, or their side-by-side. -side. So it was only that snowmobile segment that saw the increases. Um, this was kind of an interesting strategy that we saw in the past few months and even, even into last year. We've seen creativity on the dealer front as far as acquiring inventory, but this was a unique situation where BRP got creative on the manufacturer side. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the spring months approaching and summer months approaching to see if they continue this strategy um, with personal watercrafts or other, other parts of their uh, manufacturing segments to see if it worked in the winter. So maybe it'll work in the spring and summer too. So we'll be following along to see. But yeah, that's what BRP was up to in Q4 and it worked out for them for snowmobiles. <laughs> All right, great. Well, as a reminder, the April issue of the magazine is available online and will be made available as a print copy at the upcoming Auto Finance Risk Summit and the Auto Finance Innovation Summit, which take place April 25th and 26th at the Intercontinental in San Diego. Uh, Whitney wrote up some really great features in this issue, which were lovingly dubbed uh, the Whitney McDonald issue. So check those out. Um, and we hope to see you at the conference in San Diego as well. That about does it for our episode today. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.